I'm Ezra Levant. It's May 17th, and you're watching Battleground. Hey, welcome back. It's great to see you. What we do every day at 12 noon Eastern time is we have what's called a YouTube Super Chat. It's live TV, plus you can write comments to me live on the side of your YouTube screen. Um, sometimes we have hundreds of comments over the course of the hour. If you want yours to stand out, there's a function that YouTube invented called Super Chat. That's their phrase. You chip in a couple bucks, or I suppose as much as you want, five bucks, ten bucks. The other day someone chipped in fifty, and it puts your comment in a bright highlighted color, and it appends it to the top of the comment box so I will not miss it. It's fun, and it's also a way to support our viewer-supported TV show. Uh, today we're doing something new. In addition to the Super Chat function on YouTube, we are also live streaming on Facebook, and pretty soon we'll add a live stream on Twitter, Periscope too. So I think we're going to triple uh, the amount of folks who are watching the show in different mediums, so I hope that works. Um, what we do, it's a little less produced here uh, than my evening show behind the paywall. Um, I have some video clips and some other websites that I've just found interesting. Maybe I tweeted them, something like that, and we show them and I read your comments. I, I want to start with um, the news I think of the moment. And it's just so ephemeral because there's one of these every single day. It's just your daily fake news moment. Obviously, it's about Donald Trump. He is the target of the majority of the fake news in the world. And um, this is just, it's perfect. I mean, it's, it's not huge, but sometimes the little things are telling. It's, um, let, me, let me start by showing you a CNN video. CNN, <laughs> the most trusted name in news. That used to be their motto. I, I don't think, I don't even think even they have the chutzpah to say that anymore. Here, take a look at the CNN video. We have people coming into the country, or trying to come in, we're stopping a lot of them. But we're taking people out of the country, you wouldn't believe how bad these people are. These aren't people. These are animals. And we're taking them out of the country at a level and at a rate that's never happened before. And because of the weak laws, they come in fast, we get them, we release them, we get them again, we bring them out. It's crazy. The dumbest laws, as I said before, the dumbest laws on immigration in the world. Uh, that was the clip that played on CNN. Uh, you notice they didn't play the question beforehand, and they played Donald Trump using very tough language, including calling these immigrants animals. And that took off like lightning. Trump calls foreigners animals. Trump calls immigrants animals. Trump calls Mexicans animals. Uh, I want to show you some of the celebrity tweets, and then I'll show you what CNN did not show you. Put up some of these celebrity tweets. I mean, it's just everybody. Here's Andy Richter, because, of course, I go to him uh, for my deep thoughts on immigration. Yes, he is a dehumanizing bigot monster, but also he has no idea what he's talking about. Him talking about laws is like a chimp talking about brain surgery. Please, someone, stop this. So um, calling someone a dehumanizing bigot monster chimp that's cool, but calling someone animals isn't. If you're condemning someone for being rude, don't be rude just in that very second. Uh, do we have any more of these celebrity reactions? Kathy Griffin, of course, because <clears throat> uh, if there's someone who's an arbiter of good taste, it's Kathy Griffin, the woman who stood up with a fake severed head of Donald Trump. 
How the F-U-C-K isn't this a breaking news story? The president of the United States calling immigrants animals. He's acting like it's just the criminals, but he really means all immigrants. I'm effing disgusted. Kathy Griffin is a very deep thinker, and I found this very moving. Do we have any more celebrity tweets? It's, it's not even the celebrities. I mean, Sophia Bush. Uh, ICE is deporting people who've served multiple tours in the U.S. military, something Officer Bonespurs never did. They're deporting people who love America more than Trump will ever pretend to. Are they animals, Donnie boy? Shame on him. It's, it's not just the airhead celebrities. Do we have any more of those? We have, these are animals. That's Joss Whedon. He's... Uh, He's, uh, he's, now those are the celebrity reactions, and celebrities by definition are um, not the most thoughtful people for a living. They read lines that other people write for them. Uh, if you were very negative and critical, you could say that an actor sort of lies for a living. Not lies, but pretends to be something he is not for a living. So when an actor actually shows himself to be vacuous, you can't be too mad because they're just an actor. The job is to read lines convincingly that someone else wrote. But the regular journalism Actual journalists, including at CNN, who ran with that, oh, he called immigrants animals, was ubiquitous, including Associated Press, which is, I point out, one of the companies chosen by Facebook to be their fact checker. They ran with it. Now, let me show you what CNN did not show, what the Hollywood lovies did not mention, and much more importantly, what the so-called thoughtful journalists everywhere from the New York Times to CNN to the Associated Press, what they didn't show you. Let me show you the original video. It was part of a roundtable on California sanctuary uh, cities. As you know, there's uh, far-left mayors and others who were declaring that they will not enforce the law against illegal immigrants, including criminal legal immigrants. And, of course, one of the groups that has flooded into the United States and is now actually coming up into Canada is a terrorist gang. I'm going to call it a terrorist group. I don't think it's listed as a terrorist group, but their tactics are ISIS in style, cutting off heads, cutting people into parts. Uh, in fact, in some ways, they're more shocking than ISIS. They specialize in the full-face tattoos. It's called MS-13. They're practically destroyed. Uh, the Central American country of El Salvador. They're coming into the States. They're actually coming into Canada now. That was the question. Here, take a look at what all those lovies, to use the British phrase, did not know or willfully were blind to Donald Trump's comments. Take a look. Thank you. Why no, would there no be an MS-13 gang member I know about? If they don't reach a certain threshold, I cannot tell ICE about them. Yeah. We have people coming into the country who are trying to come in. We're stopping. Okay, you stop it there because it's just a repeat taking... now. But do you see my point? That was a uh, Fresno sheriff, Margaret Mims. And did you hear her? She, she specifically asked about MS-13. That was the question. And Trump gave a specific answer to MS-13. Don't you think that's rather important? Don't you think that's rather the whole point of this? I think that shows you the fake news media and their deception. Um, all right, let me remind you what we're doing because more folks are piling in. It's 12.07 every day between 12 and 1. I have a super chat. That's what it's called. You can make your comments on the right side of the page. I try and read them, but there's so many of them. If I were to read all of them, it would take up the whole time. Um, I play clips. I, I take some comments. If you want your comments and highlight, chip in a few bucks. We need the dough. That's one of the ways we make money here at The Rebel. We do not take $1.5 billion a year like the CBC and like so many private media would love to do. Um, let me take a few questions. There are no super track questions, but I'll just sort of scroll through. 
Um, Andrew Bursack says MS-13 is a terrorist group. I would agree with you um, in that they are terrifying and they terrorize people, but traditionally we say terrorist groups have a political ideology. They terrorize for a political purpose. Um, MS-13 just terrorizes for fun, profit, um, sheer evil, and personal enrichment and, you know, drug gangs would say. So I don't, I don't think, I think they're terrorists in their style. They, who knows, they may be allied with terrorist groups, but I, I would call them the most violent criminal gang out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I understand your point. Um, someone with the gentle name screw off says, yeah, no one cares what Kathy thinks, Kathy Griffin. Well, um, I disagree with you. She seems to have sold out shows and she's still the toast of the uh, left-wing talk show circuit. Uh, Sarah M., Kathy Griffin is less of a comedian and more of a prophet. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on that. Uh, I think she just sort of takes the Democrat talking points and sort of microwaves them and turns them even weirder and mutates them and then just says the most extreme thing possible just to try and get some attention. I understand that. That's the currency in Hollywood, and she's on the wrong side of 50 uh, in an industry that values youth and beauty, and she's not that funny anymore like so many comedians. She's replaced sour politics uh, for what used to be funny humor that happened to be about politicians. Now it's just angry Democrat talking points, maybe with a laugh track thrown in. So yeah, uh, when, when you're where Kathy Griffin is and you're sort of in the twilight of your career, you do what you have to do to get attention in that town. Um, Space Girl says, Minnesota checking in. Hello there. Uh, Entry Required says, hello from Sweden. Well, hello there. Uh, the Weapon Collection, YouTube is trying to hide your content. As Yes, we're aware of that. We're taking some steps. I've been in some email correspondence even this morning with uh, one of our YouTube reps. They, they don't care. I mean, the other day, uh, Paul Joseph Watson, I think I mentioned this, he did a video on that new Childish Gambino uh, vid, which is the most brutal violent snuff style video that's out there on YouTube, no age restrictions, uh, shows depicts murders. He had a few clips of that, and he had political commentary. His commentary video was age-inappropriate. You had to specifically opt in to view it. It was deemed controversial. You couldn't like it. You couldn't forward it. You couldn't comment on it because it was too toxic. But, of course, the original video itself uh, was aired 120 million times on YouTube. No age restrictions at all. Pastor Phil Biggs chips in two bucks. Thanks very much. Um, see, that's what... That's what the Super Chat looks like. It puts it in bright colors. I think if you chip in five bucks, it actually appends your comment to the top of that box. Uh, we're talking on YouTube Super Chat, but we are streaming this as well on Facebook Live. Okay, I want to move to the next story. It's from the capital city of British Columbia, Canada. And, uh, you know, it's called Victoria. That's the name of the city, and it's very Victorian. Uh, it's, it's named after that, uh, that monarch. And it's a, little, it's a little bit British in its character. Uh, it's a little bit laid back. Uh, they used to have a disparaging phrase for it, newlyweds, nearly deads. It's so beautiful out there. Lots of retirees, but also just very, very pretty. Um, I, like, I like Victoria. I, it's the Empress Hotel. It's beautiful. Um, Butcher Gardens. Uh, they're a little bit eco. They're a little bit freaky on the social justice warrior side. Check out this weird, weird statement by the, by the mayor. Victoria issues Ramadan challenge. And I think we actually have a, a quote here. Yeah, Victoria Mayor Lisa Helps and her council, so the whole team's getting involved in this, are challenging residents 
to take part in a community-wide fast on May 25th to mark Ramadan, the holiest month in the Islamic calendar. Really? Take the quote down. Let's, let's take a look at, at Lisa Helps just one more time, the, the mayor. Very controversial, wacky, social justice warrior mayor. And that's an imam at the local mosque. Uh, since when does the secular government of a capital city, no less, and her council invoke, demand, request, plead, cajole, suggest that the population of a city practice a particular religion, which has a, a very specific religious meaning. Uh, it's, it's based on the Quran. It's based on the belief in Muhammad and Allah. Would, would, they, would they tell every person in the city, no matter what religion, to practice the Catholic ritual of Lent? Would they, would they tell every Victorian to fast for a day on the Jewish high holiday of Yom Kippur? No, of course not. Listen, I, I understand the separation of church and state, although if you read the Canadian Constitution, you'll find out there is no separation of church and state. That's actually more of an American concept. Our church is actually hardwired right into our Constitution. There are very special Christian rights in the Constitution that was part of the grand bargain between English and French Canada centuries ago. But what about the separation of mosque and state? And don't you think that social, social justice warrior Lisa helps? Put a picture up just one more time. I mean, uh, don't you think, and she's got those problem glasses, you know, similar to the glasses that Kathleen Wynne wears. You got that hairstyle, you got those problem glasses. That is a dour, dour woman who never laughs, scolds you for everything, looks for microaggressions, is always triggered. Do you think for a second she would promote Christianity, let alone Baptist or Evangelical or Pentecostal or Mormonism? like a true, true Christianity, a, a firm Christianity, do you think she would ever promote that and instruct her residents, including those of the Islamic persuasion, to follow Christian rituals? Of course not. Why is she using the instrumentality of the state, the resources of the state, and her office to promote Sharia? Well, because it's Canada and it's 2018, and if you dare criticize, you're just an Islamophobic bigot, so shut up. Uh, let's take a peek. Are there any comments? Hate love says, shut up, Canadian. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's sort of the motto of the Canadian left. And my motto is, uh, come and get me. Uh, Justin Trudeau Cringe Channel says, what country was it where they buried the Muslim terrorists with pigs in? Well, that is a very good question. It is historically accurate that there was a an Islamic rebellion in the Philippines when there were American troops there. This was, I don't know, more than 100 years ago. And the American, you can, you can look this up. You can, I just don't have it at my fingertips because I wasn't expecting the question. The American soldier in charge of putting down this Islamic rebellion made a point about pigs, pig fat on the bullets, bury the bodies in pigs. And according to the historical record, when that came out, that helped put down the rebellion because these Islamic extremists did not want to be buried in pig's fat. I'm just telling you a historical example. Um, that's just history. Um, John Zeeland, stupid mayor, should head out sandwiches to the starving. Well, listen, I think that uh, if you're going to get into the... I, mean, I, I think a mayor is not in the charity business. A mayor is not in the religious business. A mayor's business is running the city corporation uh, with the 
powers that it is granted under our Constitution and whatever the Municipality Act is. I actually don't think the job of a mayor is to go hand out food to the homeless. We have charities for that. We have homeless shelters for that. The mayor's job is to be the mayor, but you're right. It sounds like uh, she has a little bit too much time on her hands. Tom Youngjohn has a super chat tweet. Jordan Peterson's hour-long presentation, The Death of the Oceans. He claims bringing them back would be easy. Google it. Watch it. Tom, I think you might have made this comment to me before, or someone else did. Um, and I'm glad you're so passionate about that subject, The Death of the Oceans. And I do follow Jordan Peterson quite closely. I know he tweets about it. He's so prolific. I just can't keep up. If I were to watch every single Jordan Peterson video, I would have no time to do anything myself. I don't even know how he has time to create it. I, I really don't know anyone in the world who is more prolific than he is. And to that, I say, thank God. He's amazing. Uh, Tom Youngjohn with another comment. What are your thoughts on confiscating fishing boats across GPS Barbed wire and fish. How do you feel about garbage in the oceans? Well, Tom, I, I was asked this question the other day, and I my answer was uninformed because I certainly don't want to pretend to have thought about this issue a lot. I'm from a landlocked province originally called Alberta, and um, but I think you're right. I think the real way to save nature is to harness uh, mankind's natural greed, uh, and by greed I mean we protect our private property more than we protect public property. An example I always give is if there's a piece of garbage that someone throws in your backyard, you grumble about it, but you pick it up because it's your backyard, you own it, you have a property right in it. Pieces of garbage along the highway, we don't care. It's a tragedy of the commons is how it was first described. It's another example I like to give is that no one, no one takes a car that they're renting, no one takes a rental car to the car wash because it's not your property. Why do you care? Whereas if it's your property, you put some love and care in it. So it's why people often care for a home they own more than something they rent. If we understand the, the human nature behind that, the, yeah, greed is a negative way of saying it, but it's self-interest. That's a more neutral way of saying it. Then you'll understand why we care for things that we own. And, we, and it's just not possible to care about everything that we don't. If we could apply some sort of property rights to the oceans, that's a libertarian idea. I don't know if it's technically possible, but the solution probably lies somewhere along there. All right, let's take a look at the clock. I talked too much. It's 12.18. A third of our time is gone. Hey, some folks who are watching now were probably watching yesterday. And I played for you a clip of Sophie Gregoire Trudeau. That's Justin Trudeau's gold-digging wife. And I call her a gold-digger, not because I have anything personal against her, but rather that's how she is in terms of entitlement to the public purse. Um, of course, she insisted on not one but two nannies put on the public payroll. I don't know if ever before in the history of Canada, or even in the United States or, or any liberal democracy that's not a kleptocracy, I've never heard of the first lady putting nannies on the payroll. Like if there's some, you know, event planner or chief of staff, fine, but you, you're putting your own nannies on the taxpayer payroll, not one, but two, like she's some Angelina Jolie celebrity or something. And, and of course, as you know, it was uh, Sophie Gregoire Trudeau who not once, but twice called up that billionaire island in the Bahamas and say, hey, can I bring my friends over? And the princess who owned the island said, well, we're not going to be there. And Sophie Gregoire Trudeau said, oh, no, that's, that's fine. I don't want to see you. I just want your free stuff. She's such a gold digger. Um, yesterday, I played for you a clip of her being inflicted 
on a, on a Martin Luther King Jr. Day event in Ottawa. I'm not sure why we have Martin Luther King Day in Ottawa. I mean, I actually admire Martin Luther King quite a bit, but he was an American who fought the civil rights battle in America. Uh, our Canadian story is very different. As you may know, we were the destination of the Underground Railroad. We were where freed slaves fled to. Um, so I, I really don't know why there was a Martin Luther King event in, in Ottawa. It's fine. I'm not against it. It's just, you know, it's not really, you know, Rosa Parks wasn't our story either. It's just not our story. Um, but Sophie Gregoire Trudeau was inflicted on them, and she insisted on singing. And I played you a little bit of her song yesterday. But when it happened, Gavin McInnes, our alumnus, um, he sang along with it. And as I mentioned yesterday, we've, we've produced about 8,200 videos here at The Rebel in our three years of existence. And I have to say, of the 8,200 videos we've produced, this is the funniest. It is the funniest. So it's, it's 12.20. Will you permit me to play like, like two minutes of, of Gavin McInnes singing along with Sophie Gregoire Trudeau. And if you were in the crowd that day, that's really the only thing you could do. Because you're not going to clap because it's that bad. And you're not going to walk out because that would be, you know, you don't need to humiliate the woman any more than she's humiliating herself. I think what she probably wanted you to do is to sing along with her. So without further ado, here's my friend Gavin McInnes in a beautiful accidental duet with Canada's beautiful, beautiful, talented First Lady. Roll it. Uh -huh. The love that I feel When you smile back at me When you smile back at me Is she Earth a kid? In the corner of your eye Oh, it's a new song now. Either we will say goodbye But nothing will take away What's between you and me Oh my God. Is that guy when asleep or blind? Back at me. When, when you, you smile, smile back at me. When you smile. When you smile. When you smile. Beautiful. I love you. I love my you too. Child. I love you, my child. Ooh. Check this out. Was she Eva Perone? Is this Evita? <laughs> You know what? We we joined Gavin halfway through that. You got to watch the whole thing. You got to watch. You just just find it on our YouTube channel. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, all right. I uh, I want to read a couple more comments. Check the time. I always got to check the time because you know we we finish at one p.m. Eastern. Uh, Spencer J. Canadian Idol. Laugh out loud. Yeah, that that was that was pretty rough. Um, Screw up says, I wish Gavin could have stayed with you guys. Yeah, I mean, I love Gavin too. I mean, you know the story. If he left, he was hired by CRTV. They offered him so much money, we just couldn't compete. We're grassroots. Um, CRTV is owned by a billionaire out of Vegas who, I mean, he earned his money very well. He's outstanding. And he invested it in CRTV, and you got to thank him for that. So I, there's just no way we could compete. But I, I actually keep in touch with Gavin fairly often. Uh, he's too funny. The guy's just, he's, he's, I think he's the funniest guy I've met. He, he has no filter, and he just says anything at any moment. And if you have any sensitivities or, or tender spots, he'll find them in about 60 seconds, and he'll poke them pretty hard. Um, Justin Trudeau Cringe Channel again says, Justin did a duet with her. I've got it on my Chan. Same tune. I don't believe you. I don't. Justin Trudeau did a duet with her. 
I don't believe you. But you've made me think of something, and let me ask our production team if they can find it. Can you find me the Justin Trudeau, Sophie Grégoire Trudeau, Jean Gameshi clip from Tout Le Monde en Pile? And this is not a duet, my friends, but this is Justin and Sophie. And a fellow named Jean Gameshi, and Canadians will know him, he was the celebrity radio host on uh, the state broadcaster, very sensitive man, women's studies major. Um, Perfectly multicultural uh, Persian from London, England. He's perfect. Uh, and then it turned out he was a bit of a Harvey Weinstein and just punched women for sexual pleasure. But uh, I'll show you a clip about Sophie and, uh, and Justin in a minute. Um, Howard, <laughs> Chrissy, ears bleeding, dogs howling. Don't be mean. Okay, you can be a little bit mean. Uh, entry required. It is hard to laugh when we're still staggering from eight years of the Obama administration. Yeah, you know what? I think that um, Sophie Trudeau sort of thinks she's like Michelle Obama, but I don't know if Michelle Obama ever inflicted her singing on a crowd like that. Uh, Kevin, JT wants to kiss men. Well, that's a very prescient comment. I'll show you that Tulemon Parle video in a second when we find it. Um, I'll just read one more. Susan S. says, someone put that animal out of her misery. Well, now, don't be mean. Don't be mean. She was just expressing herself. Can you imagine? I mean, I'm very, very critical of Justin Trudeau. I'm very critical of Trudeau. But can you take one moment of pity and imagine how many times Justin Trudeau had to listen to her sing that song around the house? Just hum it sing it as she's wandering around, or if she would have a command performance, as in she commands her family to listen. You found that song tough to listen to once or twice. Imagine how many times Justin Trudeau was forced to listen to that. And where's he going to run? He can't run outside and go down the street. He can't just say, honey, I'm going to, to bowling with the guys, because he's got to roll with the whole RCMP entourage, right? Like our Secret Service. So I don't have a lot of sympathy for Justin Trudeau in any domain, but do you doubt he has been forced to listen to that song 50 times? 50 times! Have some pity for the man. Um, entry required. Ezra, what about Hamilton Canada declaring the anarchist symbol hate speech? All right. I mean, I've seen the headline. I haven't read the details, but I think I'll, I have enough to go on. Uh, the anarchist symbol is hate speech. By that I mean it is speech motivated by a strong uh, emotion. Anarchy, by definition, is against things. It's against any rule. It is, and quite often the emotions that animate it are hate. To which I say, so what? A hate's a natural human emotion. You can no more eradicate it than you can er eradicate the human emotion of love. We all feel love, hate, contempt, respect every day for things. I hate the Toronto Raptors. I love the Toronto Raptors. I hate the liberals. I love the liberals. These are words we say all the time. Oh, I hate that sandwich. Oh, I love that dress. Oh, I hate that guy. Oh, I hate my... I mean, we, we love and we hate things all the time. We have different degrees of hate, but hate as a human emotion is not illegal. It cannot be illegal. And if you have any doubt, may I advise you to check section, section 2A of the Canadian Constitution, which protects thought, belief, opinion, etc., or the First Amendment in the United States. You're allowed to hate things. The only limit is on transforming the emotion of hate into some sort of criminal action, like a punch. But the problem with a punch is not that it's motivated by a certain emotion in your mind. It's that you punch someone. 
You feel you're free to have the most hatey emotions you like. In fact, quite often, that emotion, if you harness it and transmogrify it and sublimate it, can be an engine for positive change. We were talking about Martin Luther King. I am sure if you did a word search through his speeches, Martin Luther King talks about the things that he hates. He hated racism. He hated segregation. He hated people being treated less than a full citizen. But he, unlike Mar Malcolm X, who became negative and called for violence, Mal Martin Luther King Jr. sublimated those negative feelings into a positive movement. You cannot ban something simply because emotion behind it is hateful. So in conclusion, I would say yes, the anarchist symbol is hateful. And uh, the, the second and more important point is, so what, you don't ban a symbol. That's ridiculous, you can't ban a symbol. A symbol itself is, is not a crime or not not to be. It's, it's the actions that may or may not be criminal. Well, thanks for letting me answer that question at some length. It's 1228, we're halfway done. I have a lot more quote, I have a lot more stuff I wanna uh, show you. And um, if you think Sophie Gregoire Trudeau is cool, if you think she's totally hip, totally connected with the millennials, um, well, she's got competition in Justin Trudeau's circles, because there is a cabinet minister who is even cooler than Sophie Gregoire Trudeau. And her name is Catherine McKenna. And she is a hero. Now, I don't throw that word around lightly. She's a hero. And don't take it from me, and don't take it from the Liberal Party. Take it from the nonpartisan civil service at Environment Canada. These are the professional bureaucrats. The politicians come and go, but these are the professionals. They take a civil service oath of nonpartisanship and loyalty to the government of the day. They're what makes this country work. And so not from her political account, but rather from the government account of Environment in Canada, this important piece of business was done yesterday. Put it up on the screen, please. As you can see, it's the verified account for Environment Canada. Minister McKenna is also a climate hero. And she is a great example of high-level women influencers who will be leading discussions at tomorrow's Climate Leaders Summit. Women kicking it on climate in Canada. She's not just a hero. She's totally kicking it. Um, and you know, she talks a little bit like this in the Valley Girl. It's not a speech impediment. She's just a high-level woman. And if you doubt she's a high-level woman, you're an Islamophobe. And not just that, uh, you're a sexist misogynist. And this is not me saying it. These are the non-partisan <laughs> experts at Environment Canada who are totally non-partisan. Um, kicking it. She's kicking it. Is that what the kids say? Um, I don't know, let's go to the role model for super cool kids. Um, uh, what, what would her fellow kids say? This place, we got a little video there. How do you do, fellow kids? What? He's totally kicking it. He, what was his shirt? Play that clip again. I want to see what's on his shirt there. How do you do, fellow kids? What? Yeah, yeah, how do you do, fellow kids? Rock band. Can you put Catherine McKenna's tweet up there again? Which is cooler? Rock band, how are you, fellow kids, or 
Minister McKenna is a climate hero, and she's also a great example of a high-level woman, and she's kicking it, totally kicking it, and I'm a high-level woman. Um, that, that's embarrassing. What, it, what do you think? Is that more embarrassing than Sophie Gregoire Trudeau? At least Sophie Gregoire Trudeau, um, well, at least she was putting her heart out there on the stage. At least she was expressing her artistic nature. And yeah, everybody laughed at her, but that's fine. Uh, she was owning that moment. Imagine being the chief of staff in Catherine McKenna's office and ordering Environment Canada to basically, it's like sending yourself flowers on Valentine's Day. That's how pitiful it is when you order nonpartisan civil servants to say you're a hero. Sophie Gregoire Trudeau is really, really cringy, and I think she lacks uh, self-knowledge about how she looks. I think she's a little bit cuckoo, and I think she's one reason that Justin Trudeau is actually quite unhappy and goes on so damn many trips. <laughs> He's on his, what, 56th? Uh, trip just to get out of the country, get away from the, the missus. Sometimes he takes her on trips too. Um, but look, that's her. What's Catherine McKenna's excuse for ordering nonpartisan civil servants to praise her? Let's take some questions. Uh, Andrea Heathering, Tate's kicking it. Absolutely. Bernard Hutchinson says, Climate Barbie needs to do a duet with Mrs. <laughs> Trudeau called Climate Cringe. Oh! Uh, you're right. Um, Robert Jackson, so glad I'm not a simple actor. I don't know what that means. Uh, Andrea Hetherington, my 10-year-old would be embarrassed if I said something like that. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Gary Selene says, Climate Barbie is a pseudo-intellectual and as smart as a bag of doorknobs. Well, she, we played a video for, uh, about her the other day on the show uh, being asked, about uh, the economic impacts of carbon tax or other images. She's had no clue. She just repeats the same banal lines. I'm a climate hero. Um, Miss Mary Anywhere says, McKenna is also a human rights lawyer. Well, what does that mean, a human rights lawyer? I don't know any human rights she's fought for. She doesn't fight for freedom of speech. doesn't fight for freedom of religion, separation of mosque and state. I haven't seen her fight for any human rights lately of you. Um, Someone here says, uh, Andrea says, argue the connection is terrible, Ezra. Um, okay, good. I take your word for it. I don't know if that's on our end or on yours. If so, I'm sorry. Okay, it's 12.33, and um, I want to make sure I get through some of the stuff I've got here on my list. I, uh, I mentioned from time to time that I have uh, a show at 8 p.m., and uh, do we have a clip from my show last night? Yeah, we do. Okay. Uh, so I do the show, this, we call it Battleground. It's just a kibitz. As you can see, I'm not scripted. I'm just going from your comments. I got, I got a few notes here with some uh, video clips we have and stuff. But um, I want to let you know that every day at 8 p.m. I have a show behind a paywall. It's eight bucks a month. Uh, you get my show every day. You get Sheila Gunn Reed's show, David Menzies. You got a bunch of American content too. John Cardilla out of Florida. Um, and so I thought, you know what? Uh, why don't I play you like a couple minutes every day on Battleground. That's this show. A couple of minutes excerpt from last night's paywall show, just so you know what I'm talking about. Because every day I say, oh yeah, see you tonight at 8 p.m., but you don't know what I'm talking about. So without further ado, let me show you, a, what is it, about a two-minute excerpt from, uh, from my show last night. It's a story uh, that really um, 
no TV station in Canada had shown. We showed, we're not really a TV station, we're an internet station, but um, other, than, other than the New Brunswick, uh, the Fredericton Daily Gleaner, no one had talked about this until we did last night. Take a look. Today's news out of New Brunswick is worse. It's a mother and a father, Syrian migrants, who repeatedly threatened to murder their own daughter for various honor crimes. Now, let me quote a bit from the story. A Syrian refugee couple, upon learning their adult daughter was dating a non-Muslim man in Fredericton, threatened her with an honor killing, court heard Tuesday. Oh, just that. So they'll come to Canada to take our free stuff, our free healthcare, our free welfare, subsidized housing, halal food banks, plain old cash, but their daughter socializing with a Canadian, that's haram, that's forbidden, it's dirty, it's dishonorable. They would murder their own daughter for disgracing them, for fraternizing with Canadians. Yuck, Canadians. Sorry, why did you come to Canada if you hate Canadian people so much? I'll read some more from the story. Crown Prosecutor Claude, Prosecutor Claude Haché said Bayan Ayoub reported to Fredericton Police Force in mid-February that her father, Ahmad Ayoub, threatened to kill her on three occasions. So Bayan is the daughter you see there. Both mom and dad threatened to murder her again and again. The first time was in April 2016, just two months after the family arrived in Canada, court heard when the father became irate. When he discovered Bayan had an iPad she'd won in a contest, he threatened to poison her food at that time, Hache said. Poison, eh? That's dad of the year material right there. That's, that's a Trudeau refugee. That's unvetted mass migration from a rape culture that treats women as chattel. That's violence, that's anti-infidel bigotry. We hear the word Islamophobia a lot, but what do you call it when a Syrian migrant hates Canadians so much that he tells his own daughter he'll poison her if she hangs out with Canadians, even chats with them on an iPad? I don't know, what's that, Canada-phobia or something? How about just someone who doesn't belong here and doesn't deserve our charity? Maybe he's better fit for Syria after all. They do a lot of that over there. But, but it wasn't just a heated comment in the moment. It's something he said again and again. That's an excerpt from my daily TV show, The Ezra Levant Show. All right, we, show. Could take it, uh, we could take this part down here. That's great. So that's a, that's a short excerpt. Every day I do a, a monologue, I don't 10, 15 minutes kind of thing. Uh, lots of quotes or facts or clips. Uh, in that case, it was from the Daily Gleaner. Then I do two interviews. So if that's the kind of thing you want, I encourage you to sign up. You don't just get my show. You get Sheila's and John Cardillo's and David Menzies. Um, by the way, during, during that, I was looking at some of the comments. I understand that we have some buffering issues today. I'm aware of that. It may be related to the fact that we've got sort of double pipes. We've got a pipe going to Facebook and a pipe going to YouTube. And uh, pipe, is that, is that a technical top? Am I totally kicking it by using the technical comment um, as a climate hero? Am I kicking it, uh, fellow youth? Um, <clears throat> when I say pipes, it just shows how, how with it I am. Um, let me check the time. It's 12.38. We're two-thirds done. I want to run an ad. I want an ad, run an ad for Rebel Israel. This is basically your last chance to come with Sheila, me, John Cardillo, Tanviraman, and Katie Hopkins to Israel. We're going for 10 days. you got to sign up because we're leaving on June 25th. 
Um, so it's it's just barely a month away. You got to get your ticket. We've got over 60 people signed up. It's going to be great. Uh, we're going around in in buses, really comfy buses, hotels, meals, hanging out. Um, come for Israel, most amazing place to visit. And you're going to be with about 60 or 70 of your fellow rebels, plus the five rebel celebrities. Hey, if she can call herself a climate hero, I can say our people are celebrities, right? Uh, so uh, show the ad. Show the ad. Show people what I'm talking about. It's a great little ad. And you know what? That makes me really excited about the trip. I was thinking 10 days is a long time away. But first of all, I remember how great the food is. And, and I mean, I know it sounds funny, but Israel really is a foodie kind of place. I mean, it's the crossroads of three continents, Asia, Africa, Europe. And you got all kinds of folks here. You got your Ashkenazi Jews, European tradition. You got your Arab Jews called Sephardim. You've got Ethiopian Jews. You got, and it's not just Jews. You've got a million Muslims there. You've got million Russians who've come over the last 20 years. So it's a, it's a hell of a place. And of course, we're going with smart tour guides, bit of a political, I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but we've actually got tickets to the Israel Air Force uh, Academy's graduation air show. That's a pretty hot ticket. Um, I'm excited about that. Oh, I see there's a super chat comment um, from CCMMAACC123. Uh, 35 bucks, thank you very much. It says, hi Ezra, proud Producers Club member here. This is the first time I've been able to participate live. I love the format of this live show. Your thoughts on Kinder Morgan, will they stay? Well, thanks very much for your generous Super Chat comment. I, I do not think Kinder Morgan will stay. I think uh, they are not interested in drama and all we're getting from our drama teacher, Prime Minister, is drama. And all we're getting from Bill Morneau is vague, passive, aggressive comments. Kinder Morgan does not want a bailout. They do not want a government investment partner. Would you want government investing in your project? Uh, they just want to be able to build the pipeline with their own. They're not looking for an investor. They're not looking for an insurer. Um, and Bill Morneau yesterday was starting to telegraph that he's going to blame Kinder Morgan for driving a hard bargain. They, they don't want a bargain. They just want the laws of Canada to be implemented. Uh, I am quite sure they're going to go because I do not think, first of all, that Justin Trudeau, Bill Morneau, Catherine McKenna, and Jim Carr are serious about keeping them. Uh, they haven't lifted a finger to pave the way in BC. Uh, Trudeau and Gerald Butts, their whole base is environmentalists in BC. They're not going to call off their dogs. Um, I'm just worried that this is not just going to be a loss of a $7.4 billion construction project and all the oil and gas industries that are depending on the pipeline, but it's going to basically be the final word on should you invest money in a big industrial project in Canada? And they killed Northern Gateway. They killed Energy East. They're killing Kinder Morgan. They've driven out Pacific Northwest LNG. 
It's about $100 billion all told between him and Rachel Notley. So it's not just the loss of Kinder Morgan. Who on earth would invest here? And I point out again that Total SA, the large French oil and gas company, they pulled out of Alberta and invested in Iran. They actually think that's a better risk-adjusted rate of return. Uh, so thanks for that super chat comment. Um, let me check the time. It's 12.43. I got to be careful. I only have 17 minutes left. And I have um, a couple more video clips. Yesterday, I mentioned Rob Ford and how he had a natural disdain for the media. I mentioned his brother, Doug Ford, who's sort of one standard deviation more normal than Rob. God bless Doug and may he rest in peace. Uh, uh, Rob. God bless Rob and may he rest in peace. I loved him and I loved him for his flaws because he was so very human and I think everyone thought he's human, he's frail, he's made a lot of mistakes, but the way he is being crucified is, I think, the bullying of Rob Ford by the sneering snob media was half of his appeal because everyone projected and said, they must feel the same way about me. I mean, the mockery in the Globe and Mail, in the Toronto Star about him being fat. Well, I mean, I'm fat too. I'm not quite as fat as Rob Ford was. So the way they sneered at Rob for being fat, you don't think they think that way about you too? The way they sneered at him for his foibles, you don't think they feel that way about you too? And so I think the, it was like a diamond. The more pressure was put on him, the, the stronger he became in terms of his appeal for the public. Rob is gone. Doug is here. Doug is not as uh, edgy as Rob. He doesn't have the same challenges that we know of. He's not as ideologically strong either. Um, I'm told that, that Rob used to call Doug the pinko in the family. I don't know if that's true. That's gossip. But what I loved best about Rob Ford is he did not give the media any more respect than they deserve, and they deserve very little. And I mentioned, to me, probably the greatest media relations example I've ever seen in my life. Mm. No, Donald Trump had a better one when he was challenged on the word Pocahontas in North Dakota. We'll have to play that clip tomorrow, Hannah. Remind me to get the Pocahontas clip from Trump. But other than that, what I'm about to show you is perhaps the finest example of how to handle a journalist I have ever seen. So this is audio. This is from a radio show on Canada's state broadcaster called the CBC. The interviewer is a Marxist, that's what she is, and Carol Off. And this was right after Rob Ford won the mayor's race in Toronto, and the CBC was his greatest antagonist. He had enough respect that he agreed to the interview, but not much more. Play, now, I, I'm not sure what image we're going to show. This is just from YouTube. It's the audio. So there may be some stock images that whoever uploaded this through on there. So it's not the, not, it's not the video that's important. It's not the visuals that are important. It's the sound. What you're about to hear now is an actual radio interview done by the state broadcaster to Rob Ford. God bless his soul. Take a listen. People are saying that's a, calling it a stunning win. What do you yeah, think that... Things are going really well. What drew so much... Oh, Chapter Juniors aren't even here, eh? All right. Hello, All right. hello, Mr. Ford. Are you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here, yeah. Oh, are you at some event or... I'm a coach. I'm a football coach. Okay, so you're at football practice then? Yes. All right. Well, okay, we'll continue then. What is it, do you think, drew so much support to your campaign? No, it's just people are sick and tired of the wasteful spending. People are sick and tired of wasteful spending. That's the, that's the bottom line. That's what it comes down to. Well, they were you know, I'm the only one that could go down there. You just go get chicken. 
Go out and get changed. Don't worry about the water right now. Sorry. It went on. How perfect is that? Go out and get changed. Don't worry about the water right now. Go out and get changed. He was coaching high school football, volunteer, of course. And, and this big fancy pants, muckety-muck, probably makes half a million bucks a year, state broadcaster, socialist, CBC radio, their flagship show calls him up. Yeah, he'll, he'll show him enough. He'll, he'll take a call. That's the great thing about Rob Ford. He'll take a call from anyone. And I think his brother's the same way. Um, you used to call Rob Ford about a pothole. He'd call you back. He'd call you back. I know. It, I, that, he called me back once. Um, so he'll take a call from this socialist. But he's not going to stop coaching these high school kids. Who's more important? These high school kids that actually need a coach or some loser at the CBC, some hack who hates them. That was, the, I mean, you, you, should, you can find that pretty quick on YouTube if you want the whole thing. We only played about 30 seconds there. But he did not stop coaching. And, and you know, I, I bet, you know, I bet a lot of coaches, volunteer coaches, they get a call from their wife or something, their kid, their buddy, while they're coaching. They don't say, okay, team, you all sit there and do nothing while I talk to this buddy of mine. No. You're coaching while you're on the phone. That's a normal human being. That was my favorite media moment of all time, other than the Pocahontas clip, which I'll, I'll try and show you tomorrow. So, yeah, I just wanted to mention that because sometimes we don't have our clips as fast. Who knows? Hannah, if you can find the Pocahontas clip, uh, we'll show it today. But if not, I'll find it and I'll show you the one tomorrow. Let's check the time and take some comments. It's 1248. What we're doing every day, we call it Battleground. I kibitz. I randomly chat about things. I have a list of clips and other websites that I try and go through, uh, show you some things from other parts of our show, take comments. <clears throat> Super chat is a phrase that Google uses for um, comments that are put uh, on bright colors. As you can see, CMAC123 was generous enough to chip in 35 bucks. That's why his comment is pinned to the top. Here's Craig McDonald for $13.99. Thank you very much. I'd rather give my donations to the Rebel than to the UCP or the CPC, since they refuse to treat the rebel as legitimate media. Don't they know we're, the, we're their only friends in the media? That's Craig McDonald. Well, you're right. And I, I wouldn't even say we're their friends. We're the only people giving them a fair shot. Uh, we criticize them when it's appropriate, but we don't criticize them in a malicious, bad faith, gotcha kind of way, which the CBC is, and the mainstream media do. And uh, I continue to believe that it's important for the conservative parties of Canada to have media to their right to pull them to the right when everyone else pulls them to the left. If Jason Kenney, Andrew Scheer um, were the most right-wing things in the country, every single gravitational force would pull them to the left. No one would pull them to the right. Surely you want as many to your right as to your left so you can walk straight. You can walk a straight line. To marginalize those on the right, let me ask you this. Have you ever seen the Liberal Party marginalize a, a medium to their left? No, they love it. It gives them cover. I mean, you, how many times have you heard a politician say, I must be doing something right. i got folks on my right and my left criticizing. I'm on the right path. I, that's, that's not a logical argument, but it, it has a certain effectiveness to say, I'm actually moderate. Doug Ford knew that when Tanya Granick Allen ran uh, in the leadership uh, and then supported him. She was to his right, so he looked moderate when he threw her overboard. Why would you throw overboard your insulation, your protection? So thanks for chipping in to us. And by the way, you never need to give money to these political parties. You know how much money the federal conservatives got last year? I think they raised, what, 18 million or 20 million bucks? They get such, and that's on top 
of the government subsidies they get, <clears throat> and that's on top of the government budgets they have. The Conservative Party of Canada and the caucus and the MPs and the leaders of the opposition, they're probably burning up 50 million bucks a year from taxpayers. So yeah, if you're going to give them 100 bucks, they'll send you a little thank you note and you'll never get off their email and phone list. But they don't need an extra 100 bucks. Whereas we don't get a dime from the government. I wouldn't want a dime from the government. We'd turn into Carol off. But uh, yeah, thank you for that. I truly believe that if, if dollar for dollar, bang for your buck, don't give money to the Conservative Party. And <clears throat> I'm not, not against the Conservative Party. I'm just saying 100 bucks to them is nothing. Okay, uh, let's check the time. It's 12.51. We only have nine minutes left. Let's read some more uh, quotes. Screw up says, Ezra, I really like the format. I wish YouTube would let you flourish instead of doing their best to inhibit you. Yeah, thanks very much. I agree with you. I think we have some buffering issues that may be on our end today. We're going to look into that. But yeah, they're definitely screwing with our notifications and demonetizations. They massively demonetized us about 16 months ago, but we live on. Um, <clears throat> John says, Rob could have cared less about the fake news media, my hero. You're exactly right. And... It was, very, uh, it was very telling that all the people who talk about don't bully and mental health awareness and be kind, be better, uh, when it was Rob Ford, they brought out the daggers. And the guy clearly had personal challenges. They didn't care. They went in for the kill. They were literally paying, the Toronto Star was literally paying a bounty, $5,000, for anyone in Rob Ford's friends or acquaintances to tape him on cell phones surreptitiously at home, in private residences, off-duty, just to get embarrassing stuff. Oh, he's drunk. Ha ha, here's $5,000. They literally put a bounty on anything embarrassing. These are the folks who had a front-page story because during his diet, he went into a KFC. So is that news? That is not news. That's fat shaming. Now, fat shaming and other kinds of shaming and explaining is a social justice warrior's bane, unless it's Rob Ford. Then fire away. We have one more question, then we got a couple more videos I'm going to try and jam in. It's 12.53. Um, Black Pigeon Speaks has a great video on the two Londons. That's what Fast Heinz 039 says. Okay. Lauren Southern, the masculine version of Lauren, says CBC fake news. Oh, they're totally fake news. Um, entry required says, Ezra, oil prices are low. How viable is oil sands development now? I thought I remembered $90 a barrel was a break-even point for oil sands. Well, first of, first of all, oil prices are not low. Um, I haven't checked them lately, but they're in the $80 to $90 range right now, and that's U.S. dollars. So convert that to Canadian, that's over 100 bucks. The trouble is, number one, we can't get world pr prices for our oil because there's the bottleneck um, at the pipeline. So we're selling at a tremendous discount. If you're interested, Google West Texas Intermediate, WTI, or North Sea Brent. These are various... Uh, classifications or types of oil on the world market. Look at the prices for for West Texas Intermediate. I don't know. I haven't checked it. I'm going to guess 80, 85 bucks. Compare that to what's called Western Canada Select. That's another way of saying oil sands oil. Western Canada Select is probably 20 bucks a barrel cheaper at U.S. because we are forced to sell it at a discount because we only have pipelines to one customer and there's a glut of oil and a shortage of, of pipelines. So that's one problem. There are oil sands producers that can make money in the $30 range. Uh, but that's not going to work if you're being carbon taxed and production capped and income taxed and regulated to death. Yeah, so that's the problem. If you look, um, there are high-cost jurisdictions around the world that are booming. It's Canada that's not, uh, and it's because of our own policies. 
12.54, we have time for one more video. I want to play the Save the Christians video because we, uh, we played that before, but now I'm pleased to say you can have a video on demand download right now for our first documentary called Save the Christians. Here's a little explanation of what that's all about. I'm Hey, welcome back. I was just looking at comments while that ad was running. Um, if you haven't seen Save the Christians yet, I encourage you to do so. It's about the genocide, there's no other word for it, ethnic cleansing is maybe another word, of Christians in Arab and Muslim lands. Um, we visited Iraq, we saw Christian communities that are 1,400 years old, and they're being wiped out by ISIS. At 1256, um, I'm pleased to say our hardworking production team has... Uh, found that clip I was talking about. Perhaps the only better media relations moment than Rob Ford doing a radio interview while barking out coaching orders to the kids was <laughs> Donald Trump. I think he was in North Dakota, which is right near the Canadian border. There was actually a Canadian activist journalist in the crowd. And just I'm setting up here a little bit for the clip. Elizabeth Warren, as you know, the uh, Democrat senator from uh, Massachusetts, I think, uh, who faked her Aboriginal identity. She said she was Indian, so she could get an affirmative action hire at Harvard. She was not qualified to be hired, but she said, oh yeah, I'm Indian, I'm Indian, sort of like Rachel Dolezal or Sean King, white kids pretending to be black so they could you know, get work and stuff. So this woman not only lied and cheated and fraudulently got that position, but she denied an actual Aboriginal that position. I mean, if the idea is to promote Aboriginal people, she stole that from them. So this has all come out, it's been proved many times, and she's a liar, and it's so weird how she's digging in on the lie. But Donald Trump calls her Pocahontas, because that's what he does. He's just got the funny nicknames, and uh, it's hilarious, and he said it, and some journalist said, that's offensive, that's offensive. And Donald Trump gave a master class of how to deal with a whiny leftist journalist who says you're saying, who scolds you for using words like lock her up. And uh, I think my team here has the video, so let's play the uh, Pocahontas clip. She seems to have made her job. Who, Pocahontas? Pocahontas? Well, no, she's... Look, look, she is... She is it's very offensive. offensive. You tell me. Oh, oh, really? Oh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, Pocahontas? Is that what you said? Elizabeth? Elizabeth Warren? Why are you 
She is no, no. She tweets a lot about me. Every once in a while, I'll tweet. And when I tweet, you know, not that many people are watching her tweets. When I tweet, they watch. I will say this: Look, uh, she is a senator that's highly overrated. She's passed. Yeah, he goes on for a bit, but did you catch the the key part? That was a journalist who said, "That's highly offensive. I'm deeply offended." And he said, what, Pocahontas? You offended about Pocahontas? You saying I shouldn't say Pocahontas? Pocahontas, Pocahontas? You, are you mad that I said Pocahontas? Okay, I better not say Pocahontas. As in he did not bend the knee. He owned it. And what's she going to keep saying? Oh, you're, you're being even more offensive. Well, yeah, we know that you would say that because you've already said that. And the worst you can do is keep on saying that. And we're just going to all laugh at you because you're a scold. But had he said what any other politician would do normally, which is, oh, I'm so sorry, well, then that would have been a story and he would have bent the knee and then people could know that they could silence Donald Trump. The reason he's so popular is that you can't. There's one last uh, Super Chat tweet I'll mention and then we're out of time. Allie Clark, thank you very much. You're a regular Super Chatter. Excellent documentary, Ezra. Watched yesterday. Will there be updates regarding this region? Also, is donations campaign ongoing? Thank you very much for that. Um, Yes, we will have an update. Jennifer Breeden, the host of the documentary, will be going back to Iraq. Uh, we don't have a firm time on that. We're also going to have her promote the uh, movie in churches. Uh, we've done that twice now. Uh, is the donations campaign ongoing? The generosity.com campaign is closed, I think. Um, but I'd like to. Uh, I, I want to make sure we know exactly what we're doing and who we're giving it to. Um, Jennifer will have a role in that because she goes back to Iraq from time to time. So I don't have more specific answers for you now, but thank you for watching the video. And I do know that Jennifer is going to go back. We just don't know how to date for that. Um, there you go. It's 1 p.m. sharp. An hour goes by so quick. I didn't even get to John Oliver on Venezuela or Roseanne talking about a show. Maybe I'll jam those in tomorrow, but you know, we'll probably have more tomorrow stuff tomorrow. We just can't cover everything. Why don't you tune in tonight at 8 p.m. for my show? If you're not a subscriber, consider doing it. And uh, either way, I'll see you back here tomorrow, 12 noon Eastern time. We're going to try and fix the buffering issue. I apologize we had some challenges. Thank you to all our super chatters. Uh, we got folks watching on YouTube. we got folks watching on Facebook. We're going to try and plug in Periscope on Twitter, too. We're going to try and keep going with this. Thanks for being a part of it. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, keep fighting for freedom.